Good to be in the house of the Lord. I spent all day yesterday with Pinho Road Baptist Church leading them in some worship for an away day of theirs. Uh, they sent their greetings to you guys and said they'd rather be here this morning listening to me preach than uh, at home in uh, Exeter. It's not true, actually. <laughs> but I can, I can hope. Uh, could we have a PowerPoint, please? So, um, when I said to the young people that they were going to be staying in because uh, I was speaking this morning, you can tell by the numbers that are actually present in the room that, that they voted with their feet. I think it's actually because they're all going to come back for the AGM. And some of the lovely people are up in there. Do you know there's snacks down here, don't you guys? But still, it was preferable to be as far away from me as possible up in the balcony. That's okay, that's great. Uh, let us do the churches then. So where the flipping heck is Thyatira? Um, can you see that one? Oh, yeah, there you go. So find Ephesus, uh, go up and across a little bit, and that's where it is. Uh, in modern-day Turkey, um, just a quick reminder of where we are. So um, I also said to the young people that I was on a mission, because we've got the AGM in a little while, I promised them that I would not speak for more than 15 minutes. They said that is not possible. <laughs> so, so somewhere, Grace, if, if it's possible, is it possible? Hang on just one second. By the miracle of modern technology, can we superimpose this? Don't start it yet. I haven't started. It doesn't count. Wait for it. Wait for it. It'll be worth it, honestly. Is it, it's not happening, Grace. Ah, oh, right. Okay, I'm off the hook. Okay, look at your watches. I've got 15 minutes starting from... Five minutes ago. No, no, no. The introduction never counts. Come on, the introduction. The, uh, um, the lead minister at the church I used to be in the Midlands used to do like half an hour of preamble and then it started his sermon. So, um, so yeah, I'm not going to do that. So, but there we are. Um, so, letters. Letters. Uh, it's uncommon to receive them as individuals these days, don't you think? And I, I don't think we, we get many. So the only kind of letters I get are either like mass mailing circulars trying to sell me something, yeah, or, or those blanket Christmas card um, uh, circulars that come out that fill you in on what everybody's been doing in the different bits of their family throughout the, the year when you haven't seen them. Um, you know, where we, we give each other those important highlights from our year, but um, we tend to write about ourselves and send a general and rather impersonalised one to everybody on the credit card list. Is that just me? Is anybody else? Can I just confess that I never write them anyway? Kathy does them all. So, um, but there's generally less time these days for written correspondence, isn't there? In two-way communication via letter... Um, Perhaps there's less need to do it as well with modern technology and email and, and text messages and things like that. But when Jesus asked John in his vision to write letters to the churches, he's not sending a generalized round-robin letter to people. He knows each group of people that he wants John to write to and the struggles that they're facing and the lives that they're living. And he wants to communicate really deliberately with each congregation something specific to them. And while those letters have had a prophetic element to them down through the ages to the church, 
it's worth remembering that actually they were written to particular people in particular places. And Jesus has specific things that he wants to say to them in each of the individual churches that he writes to. And that's still true for us today. Do you know that Jesus knows you intimately? And us as a congregation intimately. He knows us both as individuals and as our part in this fellowship. And his eyes see every action and his mind knows every thought of our hearts. And we're fully, fully known as 1 Corinthians 13 tells us. And his heart's still full of love towards us for who we are, but also for all he longs for us to be this morning. All he wants us to become in Jesus as his followers. And Jesus, I believe, has specific words that he wants to speak to us today. Words of guidance, words of encouragement, words of wisdom, maybe words of admonishment. He's got things that he wants each of us to hear and respond to also. God has a word for you today. Will you listen to it? And will you hear it? may not be anything that I say, but God has things he wants to speak to you today. Now God speaks generally through his word. We all know that, don't we? And the Spirit makes the general word of God that's scripture specific to us as the Spirit takes those particular passages and and kind of pushes them down into our own individual hearts. But God, of course, spoke his final and his greatest revelation through Jesus Christ, his Son. And yet, you're included, not just generally in the things that God wants to say to all people across all times, but specifically and directly in the things that he wants to say to you. Here's the truth this morning. You are that loved. You are that loved. That the God of the universe, who was and is and is to come down through the ages, wants to speak things to your heart. You matter to him. And he wants you to know it. Don't ever believe that lie that says you don't matter and you're not important, you're insignificant. You may only have a short while on this earth in the grand scheme of things, but still the Lord of all eternity knows you. He knows about you. He knows of you. And he wants you to know him in the same way. That verse in Corinthians again. The goal is to know God fully, even as I'm fully known. God loves you personally. You matter. And what you do, and what you think, and what you say, and how you behave, absolutely matters And how you respond to him and the things that he says to you matters possibly most of all. So back to Thyatira, 12 minutes and 9 seconds left. The specific things that God wants to say to that church. There are several things that we could point out in this letter to Thyatira. I love the fact that Jesus does that kind of um, archetypal constructive feedback thing to somebody where he 
tops and tails it with a really positive and then has a, 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 a real cut into the nub of stuff in the middle of it. That positive feedback stower was sandwiched in the middle of, it's great, you're doing more than you did at first, and I'm not going to put much burden on you. I just want you to carry on loving me and doing the stuff that you do. Is this little rebuke to them over accommodating the false prophetess Jezebel in the middle of them and warning that those who follow her ways will inevitably come under the same judgment that she will now. Most commentators would suggest that Jezebel is not a single individual in this context, but the use of her name is meant to remind people of the Queen Jezebel of one kings back in the Old Testament who led God's people astray uh, by the worship of foreign gods. And she caused the nation to commit idolatry and compromise the worship of Yahweh as the one true God. You'll remember the story if you've read your Bibles in that kind of way. That's one of the things I want us to think about this morning. Here we go. I want us to think about this. The impact of compromise. You see, Jezebel's deepest sin is not that she just rejected the worship of Yahweh for herself and chose to serve foreign gods. The world's full of people that don't acknowledge God as the Lord of all and choose their own way and that kind of thing. Her sin is the fact that not that she just did that for herself, but she was so passionate about that that she led other people into that kind of compromise as well and suggested that it is possible for people to have a foot in both spiritual camps. It was possible for her to or for the people in the church to to both honour God and participate in morally corrupt practices of that pagan society that they're part of and that surrounded them. So I don't know what you know about Thyatira, because it's not somewhere that we talk about very often, is it? Unless, uh, Unless you're Nigel, of course. Area ministers talk about things like this all of the time, because they're deeply spiritual and and geographically knowledgeable people. I bet Nigel could have a lovely conversation with you over lunch about the history of Thyatira down through the ages. But Thyatira was a centre of commerce in the ancient world. There are a great many uh, trade and craft guilds that had significant bases in the city, and each of these had their own pagan deities that they paid homage to, as part of that affiliation and practice. Do you remember the story when um, Paul was in Ephesus, he inadvertently kind of started a riot by suggesting to the Ephesians that Artemis of the Ephesians was not ultimately the god of all. And there's this massive great riot that takes place and Paul ends up escaping. But if we think about this and how much people's spirituality was tied up with their economic success and their part in things as well, it's easy to see how those early Christian converts from the guilds might have been under pressure to conform to the norms and the pagan norms around them. But it's this kind of compromise that Jesus wants to speak to, I think, and possibly to us today. You see, you can't serve both God and Do you remember Jesus spoke about that? What's the famous one that Jesus said? You can't serve both God and money. Thank you. Absolutely, in Matthew 6. You can't serve both God and money. But it's true of any other and 
that you'd like to substitute in there as well. You see, you can't serve both God and idols. You can't serve both God and sexual immorality. You can't serve both God and fame or popularity or commercial success or your own personal satisfaction. Jesus won't be and also ran. Yeah? It's famously said, if Jesus isn't Lord of all, then Jesus isn't really truly Lord at all. If there's any area of our lives that we hang on to, um, some area in which something else takes priority, then he's not really Lord in that place. And therefore he's not really Lord of all. Peter famously said uh, two words to, to Jesus that could never happen together. He said, no Lord, when telling him this shall never happen to you. Two words that actually can't exist really in the same sentence. You see, it can't ever be no and Lord. It can only ever be yes and Lord. Because if you're Lord, whatever you want goes. So it needs to be yes, Lord, to the thing that he says to us or asks of us, no matter how hard that may be to hear. Emily, are you counting? 7.55, come on. So it can only ever be yes, Lord, in our lives. I wonder this morning, and I'm going to land this ahead of time. <laughs> come on. Should we have a little pause in the interlude in a minute and then I'll see if I can squeeze it all in the end? The excitement will mount, Amelie. Come on. No? Okay. Come on, Arch. Give me some encouragement. Okay. Okay. All right. Don't. Uh, So, let's just take a moment this morning because I think this is really significant for us. If we really want Jesus to be Lord in our lives, and I don't want this to be a a heavy thing in any sense. We all know though, don't we? There are things in our lives that we wrestle with. There are things where we tempted to compromise. There are things where we kind of like, there's little things that creep in where we kind of get that sense, you know, what would Jesus really think about that? What are the areas this morning that we're tempted to compromise in when it comes to following Jesus? I know if you're in school or college or whatever, you know, going along with the crowd just to fit in. Just trying to be part of the community that you're part of. It can be difficult. It's about justifying the way that we spend our money because everyone else spends it on whatever they want. Can't we just do that for ourselves as well? Other things that we think, we probably shouldn't really have watched that or listened to that. But let's face it, everybody else does things that are far worse than than me. What are the things in our home life that we secretly have that sense that maybe we should get rid of that practice or behaviour, but somehow we just don't know where to start? I've got some good news for you this morning in five minutes 45 seconds Jesus knows all about those bits 
that you'd rather nobody knew about and you'd like to keep hidden from everybody else. Jesus' eyes of blazing fire, as his letter to Thyatira talked about, see into every recess of our souls. And, good news, he still loves you anyway. Do you know that nothing you've ever done has taken Jesus by surprise? You're never going to on. Can't believe Mig did that. Honestly. You'd think you know better than to say that. Jesus died for us when we were lost in sin and darkness. And he gave himself for us before we even had the slightest inclination towards him. I can think back to the first 20 years of my life where I was oblivious to anything that Jesus had ever done for me. And I can think about all those times something was going on, God was on my case. Something was happening. And actually, ultimately, he'd already paid the ultimate sacrifice to rescue me before I even paid him the slightest bit of attention or even realized He was there while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. And the really good news is, not only did he do that when we were lost in sin and darkness, he wants to give us the power and the strength to allow him to be Lord in everything that we do. He wants us to delight in him more than anything else. He wants us to see us free from anything that spoils the joy of relationship that we share with him. And he's with us. There's no need for compromise. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Jesus did say that, you know. He also said, pick up your cross and come follow me, which seems a little bit contradictory. But... He said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He doesn't want to be walking with him to be all a, well, you can't do that and you shouldn't do that and you mustn't do that and you've got to do this. You want to be, come and walk with me, fellowship with me, belong to me. Let me show you how loved you are. Let me teach you the best ways to be. Let's go forward in a loving relationship with one another. His yoke is easy and his burden is light and he won't ask anything of you and me that he's not prepared to help us surrender to him. I love what he says to the end of his letter to Thyatira. I will not impose any other burden on you except hold on to what you have until I come. He knows our frailty and he's on our side this morning. Jesus is on our side. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1. But this morning, let's make a decision, a renewed determination not to compromise with the world around us. Let's be ruthless as God's people in allowing him to winkle out those little bits that get in the way, where he's Lord of most things, just not that. 
Let's refuse to be willing participants in compromising with the world. But let's trust in God's unfailing love for us and let's determine to pursue his lordship in every area of our lives. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to make you Lord. I thank you that you even know that that's true. Lord, I confess for myself that I want you to be Lord in every area of my life. And where I'm not willing to make you Lord, I'm willing to be made willing to make you Lord in every area of my life. Thank you, Lord, that you don't look on us this morning and and threaten us for those areas that we've compromised or those bits that creep in to us, Lord God. But you look on us with love. You know us inside out and you desperately long to draw us into such a deep and passionate and loving relationship with yourself that we want all that you want at work in our lives. Lord, we thank you for one another and the joy of being a fellowship together. We thank you, Lord, that you speak your word to this church. And Lord, we thank you that you want to speak your word to us individually. And Lord, by your spirit this morning, where you have put your finger on anything in any of our lives, Lord, we say, give us the strength, as only you can, to make you Lord in that area. To your glory, Lord, we want to want you more than anything else. Amen.